Hey guys, my name is Arnav. And my name is Gaurav, and welcome back to Wall Street on Westheimer. Today is July 8th, 2022, and the time is currently 3.34. The S&P 500 is currently at 3,899.38, down 3 points from its opening, and the Dow is at 31,338.15, and is down 46 points for a total of down 0.15%. And uh, the NASDAQ is at 11,635.31, up 13.96 points for a total of 0.12% for the day. So it is currently 3.34 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. And uh, our last time like talking on this podcast was uh, June 15th, so it's almost been a month. And oh, we're going to go over the changes in the ETF since... Uh, we last met and talked about the market. Yeah, so the S&P 500 is down 5.8% since the last month. The NASDAQ is down 4.7%, and the Dow is down 5.16% in the last month. So, like, we're seeing a continuing rate in uh, decreasing percentages in the market. So, the bear market is pretty much continuing. We're not seeing any signs of, like, slowing down just yet, or... Uh, whether or not we're in a recession or not. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, in the past week, there has been, like, some signs of, like, relief rallies because the market has been, like, up this week. But a lot of that can be attributed to um, the market being oversold when the Fed raised their um, base point hike. So that had a major influence on it, as well as um, a lot of uh, consumer activity starting to increase uh, which we'll get into later on. Okay, so my thoughts are like, especially this last week, right? It's just been like a lot of positive change, which I haven't been expecting. Like when, uh, at the beginning of this week, I thought the market was going to go down. So uh, I believe we were currently at like 3,750 at one point in the S&P 500 now. It's almost up like 150 points. Mm -hmm. uh, closing out this week, it's Friday now. But... In the beginning of the week, I actually we actually placed some shorts on the market, and right now, uh, since the market <laughs> has gone up, it's uh, we're still holding on to those shorts. We're betting on it uh, for the percentages to keep going down and uh, continuing to see this trend that we're that was going on before this week started, and uh, we're gonna try not be not, try not to be influenced by this uh, random positive change in the market. Yeah, and there's uh, definitely many signs that we can look towards to see if those shorts will be um, very effective. So there's a couple of dates that we have to look for in July. So um, July 13th is when the CPI releases their inflation data, which uh, would give us an idea of um, if inflation has increased since July. Um, those shorts, since we are shorting, we are had we specifically are hedging on the inflation increasing. Um, July 25th. Tesla releases their uh, earning reports. July 26th, Microsoft releases their earning reports. And July 28th, Apple releases their earning reports. So many major companies are releasing their uh, earnings reports around there. So we can get to see how um, consumer activity actually played out and how much revenue those major companies uh, made over the past um, quarter. And we can also see when... Uh companies like these like tesla microsoft and apple when they release in late july we can see if the bear market is actually affecting their earnings or not and that contributes to whether or not we're uh the belief that we're in a recession so 
when they say if they release their earnings, right, and it's surprisingly up, uh, and the stock has gone down, obviously the stock is going to go up right after that. But we see, like, maybe this recession or this bear market is not as bad as we thought, and that it influences uh, buyers' sentiment. And uh, it, it, basically what would follow is uh, we might, like, move up more in the percentage Mm-hmm. I mean the the um what's it called the growth of these companies isn't the only thing that's uh, influencing the market around this time. Um, July twenty sixth to seventh is the Federal Reserve meeting in which they um in which the Fed decides on how much they're going to release uh, increase the interest rates. Uh, the current options are between fifty, seventy five, and a really scary hundred. Um. Predictions are looking towards the Fed choosing the 75 basis point increase, but of course, it's subject to change. And then additionally, uh, on July 28th, the second quarter GDP data releases, the second quarter did end eight days ago on June 30th. So we're going to get the results of the GDP uh, for the second quarter. And there's many signs that we can look towards, which Arnav can talk about here. Okay, so... uh... If if the economy is negative, uh, we are officially in a recession when that GDP releases on July 28th. So if it's down, then uh, because we have been in, like, because the GDP has decreased in the past two quarters, that officially means we're in a recession. So uh, quarter one GDP was a negative 1.6, and quarter two GDP, uh, ex- like projected by Goldman Sachs, is a 0.7 decrease. Uh, which is cut down from a 1.9 increase. Yeah, so uh, Goldman Sachs, um, they originally predicted that the uh, second quarter of GDP would be up 1.9%, signaling that we wouldn't be in a full recession and that maybe this was a uh, short-term uh, type thing in which the market would go back up. But recently, they changed their uh, expectations to a 0.7% decrease. So considering the reputation that Goldman Sachs has, a lot of us can sort of, or like, we can expect that um, the second quarter GDP might be lower than um, the first quarter. So uh, I have a question. So this uh, original projection that Goldman Sachs had on a 1.9 increase, like when did they project that? Was that right after the quarter one? Like we can look that up right Yeah. Because like I want to see like when they, like what changed? Why did they change it? They probably continued seeing like a downturn, but like, what was, when did they uh, make their original prediction? Okay, so um, it says that Goldman uh, Sachs adjusted the report on Thursday morning, which was yesterday, uh, according to the U.S. trade deficit, as uh, the trade deficit declined to $85.5 billion in May, which is the lowest it's been in all of 2022. And um, that was even deeper than the Dow Jones estimate of $84.7 billion. So there's an additional $800 million um, trade deficit that happened than expected. So... Uh, additionally, uh, Wells Fargo economic, 
economists said that they expect a more aggressive Fed policy to step up the timeline for a moderate recession starting soon and uh, this is going to last a year. And the Fed meeting is in uh, the 26th or 27th. Mm-hmm. So what are your predictions on that? I Do you think it's going to be like the same like basis point increase like as last time or do you think they're going to step it up a notch? Um, I personally predict that it's going to stay the same as last time at the 75 basis point level. I mean, I've seen that uh, consumer activity has mostly stayed the same or maybe increased. Um, a lot of people I know, including myself, have not changed our buying practices. And um, for some, it might have even increased or decreased according to the person. Yeah, no, I don't think I've changed anything. Or my family's changed anything. I don't think so. So uh, that might give the Fed like more reason to keep their 75 basis point and like do it again and july 26th or the 27th and we all know what that means is that stocks will fall for a bit housing market will decrease basically the, every single market will decrease for a bit but when this fed did the first time it actually rebounded for a bit like uh, if i pull up the chart right now S&P 500. yeah no i definitely noticed that um during the meeting as soon as they uh, announced the basis point increase um, there was a short moment of time right after that announcement where the market was surging. I'm pretty sure it went up close to 2% for most major stocks at a point of time. The, I, it was around the 15th, right? Because that's when our last mm-hmm. meeting was. Yeah. So 15th, from the 10th to the 15th, it dropped uh, around 150, 170 points. And then following that, the next few days, it at one point moved up around 80 points. But then we've basically, like, recovered. <laughs> okay, we're basically where we were in June 10th, five days before the last Fed meeting. So I do think the market's going to fall a little bit more before uh, they meet on the 26th to the 27th. Mm-hmm. So following that, if it follows the same pattern, a 75 basis point hike, uh, maybe around, if this fell... From 900 to 750, we could see similar projections, so 150 points. Uh, we'd be at 3,600, maybe at one point, and then to a rebound. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I mean, the 75 basis point increase for this time as well, no matter what, it would heavily discourage um, a lot of trading because a lot of marginal trading would be further uh, taxed and um, looked down upon with the increased basis point increase or with increase in basis points. So I feel like no matter what the change is here, realistically, the market will continue to drop. And that might push us towards um, the recession that uh, many of us have been expecting. But then again, there's a lot of factors we need to consider um, over just the singular basis point increase. Yep, yep. So what I want to talk about is uh, we covered what a recession officially is, which is the GDP being down for two straight quarters. So, going into this, July 28th is the day that uh, officially decides if we're in a recession, like economically, numbers-wise. But right now, I don't see anything going on saying that we're in a recession, like consumer sentiment-wise. Like, everyone seems to be going to malls. So July 4th was packed, mm-hmm. right? You, I know you went to the mall. I yeah. stayed at home. So, did you see anything, like, <laughs> any less levels, or did you actually see more levels when you went there? Because, like, looking, like, with 
like going in person seeing like the the levels of how many consumers are actually out there is important mm-hmm. too I mean, relatively, I thought that the uh, people at the mall were, um, there was fewer people people at the mall, but that could have just been uh, due to uh, like continued COVID concerns, because at the beginning of 2022, there was an increase in uh, Omicron cases, COVID cases, stuff like that. So those heightened levels of uh, concerns might have still prevented some people from going in person to the mall. Additionally, like during the digital age, there's a lot of e-commerce going on, and the growth of e-commerce might have also stimulated a uh, smaller population that actually went. Yeah, to I just I just bought online. I didn't go to the mall. But what was what were you saying? Were you, um, you were saying something before. Wait, I forgot what you were saying. Like the COVID concerns. Oh yeah, COVID concerns. I don't think COVID concerns have to do anything with it, cause uh, we're in Texas, pretty Republican state, so. Not much. <laughs> not. I don't think many people are worried. And also, one thing worth noting is that I did see a few more COVID cases like out of nowhere, like like a week or two ago. Mm. But yeah, that's something to note. I don't know. Wait, actually, let's check it out. COVID cases recently. There was a small spike actually on July. July 7th. That was yesterday. So yeah, there's definitely been noticeable like random surges in COVID. It's definitely not over. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, like, June, like a month ago, it was around uh, exactly a month ago. June 8th, 7,000 new cases. But then a month later, July 7th, which was yesterday, 11,000 new cases. So that's like a almost a 50% increase. And this is for a reporting by the New York Times, and I believe it probably is the U.S. Mm. Yeah, United States. Okay. Oh, wait, no, this is just Texas. I think. Yeah. I mean, regardless, we can conclude pretty easily that COVID concerns are still, like, they still do have an impact, um... With a lot of economic activity right now, and um, something that shows me that there might not be a full-on recession is that there's been a consecutive like increase in jobs mm-hmm. created. Um, just last month there was three hundred seventy-two thousand jobs created, and um, that actually surpri- surpassed the Wall Street prediction and the Dow prediction, where uh the uh, uh job creation was expected to be only two hundred fifty thousand. That's a hundred twenty-two thousand job uh, surplus over the predicted amount, which is close to like fifty percent increase, which is pretty drastic if you ask me. Yeah, and you would think in a recession jobs would be lost, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're actually beating predictions that the market had. So that is that's pretty weird. Like, do you think the GDP is going to be down? Um. I personally think that the GDP might still be slightly down just because, I mean, Goldman Sachs has, like, their own algorithms for mm-hmm. computing, like, how exactly uh, the GDP is going to be relative to other quarters. And so I I trust Goldman Sachs. But additionally, like, my in-person experience going shopping and everywhere, there's just been, like, collectively less people um 
they're getting discouraged by uh, gas prices. I know they are dropping now, but like, gas prices are still high. Yeah, prices for many consumers later. are real. For many consumer products are still high. So, I don't know. I but I I have my bets hedged on um the quarter two GDP being sm- like less than the quarter one. Yeah, I I mean the Goldman Sachs prediction was pretty recent. It happened to be July seventh, which is just yesterday. So uh there must have been something that made them change their original prediction. So that's a good base to go off of. So I am also gonna follow with Goldman Sachs on the GDP being down for the next for this past quarter. Mm-hmm. Additionally, I personally want the uh, quarter two GDP to decrease because, um, in my opinion, whenever I do analyze some of these stocks, um, like Amazon, okay, well, Amazon's a bad example because their free cash flow is usually spent on um, invest- investing back into themselves. So they're trying to improve as a company. But uh, whenever you do try to analyze Amazon, um, a lot of their numbers just aren't like good quantities. Their uh, price to earnings ratio and price to sales ratio really signify that a lot of these stocks are still heavily overpriced. And so even if the economy isn't in a full recession, a lot of these stocks are still really overpriced. And as a value investor, I'm waiting for many of these stocks to fall in price before I can buy them at a good price and make a lot of money off of them. So I also have one more thing to add. Like the past past year and a half I've been looking like uh, when I first got into it I read that a good P&E ratio would be 20 to like a 20 to 1 I think mm-hmm. but like when you look at like anything like Tesla or like any of these stocks that are supposedly supposed to be good like they're a lot higher than 20 to 1 so that like ratio like to me when I first started seemed like kind of useless and not accurate because almost everything was overpriced and like you couldn't go off of such a simple ratio like opinion ratio or beginner ratio to uh, evaluate stocks and decide if whether or not they were overpriced or priced because like even when tesla tesla was like an 80 to 1 peony ratio it would still go up which to according to the peony ratio it's overvalued so why is it still going up like that made no sense to me as a beginner investor so uh kind of like didn't follow i stopped following the p e ratio because like everything was like overpriced well yeah i mean there are different styles to investing there is um the people who just try to go into the um i guess you could say hype stocks um so whenever they see a stock majorly climbing because tesla at that point of time was a huge climber um 2021 i wanted to let me double check on that Twenty twenty one, Tesla was valued at seven hundred nine dollars at the beginning, and it peaked at close to twelve hundred. So Tesla was a huge climber back then, no matter like regardless of how overvalued it was, and it still was overvalued at that point of time. Uh, they are gonna have a stock split soon, by the way, right? Yeah, the twenty to one stock split, or is it twenty to one or three to one? Three to one. Three. To, oh, okay. Oh no, it was 20, Google that was having yeah twenty to one. Yeah, so um, Tesla. I mean, they are having a three to one stock split, but that doesn't really change their uh, like price valuation, because okay, you're not 
when you split the stock, you're not changing any of the numbers. You're just decreasing how much one share costs. But you're tripling the like amount of shares. The market cap stays the same. Their cash, their free cash flow stays the same. Their G, uh, revenue uh, stays the same. So every like all the numbers still stay the same. So just a split doesn't exactly qualify as um, making a stock more like the right price. I guess you could say. Well, to me, the reason why. I find stock splits like actually important and the fact that it does raise the stock value even though like nothing is being done essentially is because uh like say you're like looking for a stock right mm-hmm. like you're just a beginner you don't know like much like apple is like 148 mm-hmm. like even though like they're good companies like like amazon at one point was 3000 like just looking at those yeah. stock prices like oh like oh apple is just like I've heard of Apple like it's a better comp it's a it's a good it's like they're both good companies right mm-hmm. but one is a lot cheaper even though like it isn't like that much but like a lower price is more appealing to an, inve- an investor when looking at the market which is why uh, I think stock splits are pretty important I mean yeah lower prices are like more appealing but I personally consider myself a value investor and so I I'm more of a emotionless trading guy so just seeing smaller numbers on my screen for the price of the stock doesn't really quantify the um value that company should receive when you're looking towards buying it i'm i'm mainly looking towards um if they're growing as a company right so if their uh predicted uh revenue increases over the next five years um if they're well priced their uh, price to sales ratio and price to earnings ratio are all um within like good numbers as you said 20 to 25 those are good numbers signifying that it's a good buy for me so just looking at small prices like realistically you could say a penny stock has small prices right so just seeing that the stock is like worth three cents doesn't really make me more willing to buy it because i need to do more research on it i need to know their statistics I need to follow the news behind it. I need to know why they might be the next big thing before I can fully trust myself to buy them. Well, you also have to consider like the majority outlook on the stock. Even if you don't think it's going to be like that's going to affect it, but a lot of other people do, that still makes it a good buy. Like I well, yeah, it is. I, I mean, it is a way that a lot of people make money, but I I'm more I guess you could say I'm more conservative with my money. I'm not willing to take that risk. And a lot of times, like, major investors like Warren Buffett, they all move against the market, or, like, like against the masses, right? They're always, let's say the uh, the masses are saying that the stock is about to go, like, huge. And then um, people like Warren Buffett will, like, call the opposite. Just because, like, moving against the masses is often, like, the best way to make money. Yeah, I guess so, but like, the stock split is like, when I buy a stock split, like, or buy expecting, like, there's going to be a stock split, or like, there's news that there's a stock split on a stock, uh, it's purely on the fact that more people are going to buy it, because there is a stock split happening, like, it's not based on the company at all, and most of the time, like, when there's a stock split, it does raise. So, that's just my thoughts on it. I mean, yeah, yes. But, I mean, using that same, like, logic, right? I guess you could say that would make the stock a lot more volatile. Because 
you're moving purely off of um, market consumer se- sentiment. Yeah, sentiment, right? There's no logic like actually signifying that it should go up or down. So I guess you're just riding the market sentiment. Yeah. So back to recession fears and signs that there isn't a recession. Uh, did we finish that topic? Um, there's a couple more things. So currently there, um, a lot of people are following like the, um, I guess you could call the macroeconomic equivalent of uh, a recession. So a lot of like, a lot of people are uh, starting to buy government bonds and expectations of a recession, which is a major sign. Like when there is a recession, that's a major time for people to buy government bonds. So seeing an increase in uh, these um, the purchases of government bonds, I'm not sure about the actual number. Has there been an increase in gold? Um, good question. I haven't checked recently. Because uh, when the value of the dollar goes down, gold goes up. So mm-hmm. we can look at that right now. Gold is... Currently, looks down. Is this wrong? Is that a, that's a year chart, right? Yeah. Oh, that is from March though, right? Because um, in the past, like since the, I guess you could call it the beginning of the recession when the stock started initially dip a year ago. Mm-hmm. Gold ha- like has been like gold was at its prime at that point. Yeah. Its peak was around April. Uh, yeah, mid-April. It was at 25, now it's at 17. So, it's actually down 7% today. Oh, no, year today. <laughs> <laughs> it's down 0.41% today. But yeah, the significant, or like, there is at least a significant increase in uh, purchase of government bonds, which leads leads me to, bl- uh, uh, yeah, leads me to believe that there might be an uh, a recession, but then again, there's like, there's signals that can point at either way. So, moving on to the topic of gas prices, uh, recently they have been dropping a lot. The past twenty four days, prices have been falling, which is good outlook for consumers because, uh, it, like the past couple of months, prices have soared. Like. I don't remember how much like te- Texas like gas prices were, but like now it's like five bucks a gallon, I believe. Do you know? Because I did not pay attention. Yeah, I've, I haven't been paying attention. I did not pay attention before, but now I have been, and now it's like low five. I mean, as far as my memory goes, prior to like no, like before I knew that the market was like starting to decline, I believe gas prices were around like two to three dollars yeah i remember three yeah low threes or high twos so yeah it's dropping and uh it actually dropped 3.1 cents overnight which is the biggest one day drop since 2008 december 2008 and in 2008 everyone knows what happened then it was the last big recession we're not counting covid recession that was like two months Mm -hmm. but the economic recession of 2008 and uh that's the biggest one day drop since that year and uh, one more thing to include is that economists say uh, gas prices falling 
signals a recession fear by the consumers, but like we discussed earlier, not much has been changing on the consumer side. So confused on why gas prices are falling. Maybe we'll see, or we, we can establish that on July 28th when the GDP data gets released. Mm -hmm. So that covers like gas prices. Uh, we're probably gonna see that continue to fall, especially if July 28th the, the Goldman Sachs prediction is right and it has dropped for the quarter two. So see, keep following that. And there's an up we have an update on the housing market last time. So last time we discussed that the correction was still uh, well started. Correction started after the 75 basis point hike Right, which increased mm -hmm. mortgage rates and I have some data here so since December mortgage rates have pretty much almost doubled around 6% the highest they've also been since 2008 2008 is a pretty important year <laughs> uh, right now so as you can see a lot of compare comparing like statistics wise gas prices mortgage rates since 2008 and uh, this is because like the Federal Reserve has been trying to control inflation, which is why mortgage rates have been increasing. Uh, so to compare like mortgage rates from one point and how much they've increased, like to display it properly, in January, a buyer would have paid 2100 a month in principal and interest to take a 500K loan. Today, that same loan would be $800 more dollars a month, which is uh, which basically means that you're getting less less room for a house, but you're paying more a month. So, which is why correction is inevitable, right? Gas prices, mm -hmm. I mean, not gas prices, housing prices have to fall to match the market. So, Gar, you want to talk about prices? Yeah, um, so prices are uh, unlikely to, like, go straight down, but um, there are signs that the like it might slowly like start to decrease um in the four-week period uh from june 26 the median asking price for newly listed homes has been down 1.5 percent from its all-time high um on average 6.5 percent of listings drop their prices each week so overall we can conclude that like there are cracks forming in the bubble for the uh real estate market um we should start to expect housing prices to slowly decrease um, as we progress with the recession, if it does occur, um, economically at least. But um, yeah, there's many like heavy signs showing that the real estate market will be on the decrease. So long-term, short-term-wise, market's going to be pretty volatile, according to uh, Dr. Fairweather, which I'm guessing is an economist. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I already looked it up. Another <laughs> so uh, he says that in the short term, uh, there's gonna be a lot of volatility in the economy because of this. Home prices uh, might fall between now and next spring, which is a pretty big gap. So wait until next March to see if Dr. Fairweather is right. And uh, long term outlook is still quite strong. So I'm not sure what he means there. I think he's hinting at uh prices staying the same long term wise yeah but short term wise he's expecting uh next spring to for it to fall but recover 
uh, after that. I mean, yeah, that does make sense because the um, average recession, uh, as we covered last time, was usually like eight months to a year. Mm-hmm. So the long-term outlook should still remain the same if the um, time range is within a year of this spring to next spring. So I definitely agree with his evaluation. But what I'm confused is uh, the past two years has been a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. So right now isn't really what should be what the prices should be at an equal value so which is why it's called a correction right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. so maybe uh i don't get what he's saying that the home prices will fall and then which is technically a correction which is Mm -hmm. what we're calling this right now yeah and then rise back up so then what's the point of the correction happening like why why is it called a correction shouldn't it just be a like recession (laughs) i mean Looking at it from the uh, like macroeconomic side of it, right? Uh, you would consider the long-term outlook like leading it back to the equilibrium price, mm-hmm. which in this case would be when the um, price of the uh, housing is worth like the exact amount, or like I guess you could say the uh, average amount that it should be. Um, and if we, since we have been uh, currently looking at an overpriced market, right? With the correction, it's going to fall back down, right? Mm-hmm. And with the recession, it's going to go, like, further than the uh, equilibrium price. And then the long-term outlook is saying that it should rise back up to what the equilibrium price is. Maybe. But that, that's interesting. At least that's my take on it. I'm yeah. not I'm not 100% sure. We'd have to ask him himself what he means. <laughs> but I, I don't think we're getting that opportunity anytime soon. Okay. I think that concludes the second episode of uh, Wall Street on Westheimer. My name is Arnav. My name's Garov. And thank you guys for tuning in. Yep. And be sure to tune in for the next episode where we uh, report back on the second GDP uh, reports, the Federal Reserve meeting, and any other major economic news we've happened to find. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Bye, guys.